exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week's special guest has been here with us many times before, and he always gives our listeners a lot of valuable information. He has coached many top pros, international players over the years. And he's been a student of the game for over 40 years. He's developed many of the modern coaching techniques that are currently being taught around the world. He's also known for thinking outside the box in training and helping bowlers of all levels. And all this experience has helped him develop the revolutionary new method of laying out a grip on a bowling ball, which is known as the tri-grip. He's also developed a glove with Storm called the Power Glove, and he was probably the very first person to recognize that the reactive series of bowling balls were absorbing oil from off the bowling lane. And he's always busy learning and teaching so let's get him out of here again, see what he's up to now. Last week was part one of the Norm Duke story, so we're looking forward to part two. So Phantom fans, here he is, Mr. Bill Hall. Hello, Bill. Good morning, Bards. Hey, Pluto. What's happening with you? I'm looking forward to part two because you got some questions in here that I'm going to be asking you, and they're, they're really keys, not only to Norm's game, but that might even help some of our amateur bowlers because they love picking up tips from the pros. So last week, as I said, it was show number one, and this is show number two, and it's all about Norm Duke. And nobody knows Norm better than you. So are you ready for some more questions, Pards? Yeah, just take it easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the best guy in the world to ask questions about Norm Duke and a lot of other guys, which we're going to be getting into in the next couple of weeks. But, all right, let's go with uh, this first question. Let's start with, in your opinion, 
who would you say learned more when you were working with Norm? Was it him that learned more from you, or was you that learned more from him? Man, um, you know, with every player that you work with, it's kind of, it's almost like a relationship. Yeah, there's a lot of give and take, a lot of give and take. Um, the one thing I learned more from Norm was being able to push somebody to the limit. He would allow me to try ideas that, you know, I didn't know the exact answer. And again, uh, most of what I learned, the basics of it, was from Mr. Earl Anthony. Of course, I've added my own stuff to it. But, you know, with Norm, it was it was a very different relationship because you have a player that at the time was really, really struggling when we first started working together. People forget, again, it took 10 years for him to win the second time. Yep. And that that relationship of working together and coming up with new ideas. And not only that, me helping him, he helped me because he'd go home and practice things and then explain what he was doing. And that helped me with other players as well. So it was really I would say a very, very fair deal where we both learned a lot from each other, you know, and as we get into things later in the, the other shows, there's other players that I learned more from, but someone, you know, more with, with is absolutely Norm Duke. Wow. That's a really good explanation. And, and I understand that wholly, you know, nobody, like I've always said, no man's an island and you can't do anything on your own basically, but you have somebody else to work with. You learn from them, they learn from you. And pretty soon it all melds together. just like it did with this guy. He was awesome parts, but okay. I've got another one for you. It's going to be a good one. If there was one thing that you could change with working with Norm, what would that one thing be? The start of working together. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, people don't realize I grew up and I learned from sitting in the bleachers and I learned from Larry Lickstein, um, you, Earl Anthony, uh, the, the list, John Jowdy, the list. I can never thank any of you enough. But one thing that I started the relationship as far as working together was, you know, some people have known that I've said some pretty uh, blunt statements. I've called people typical house bowlers. I've told them that they suck. And, you know, Norm, I'll never forget it. I was working with Chris Warren, and we were in Seattle, Washington. And I believe the year was 1992. And Squeaks wasn't really bowling bad, but he wasn't bowling good. It just wasn't clicking. So we were really working on foot speed matching swing speed. With squeaks at the time, his swing speed was going faster than the foot speed. So we were really concentrating on, you know, letting the swing take a little more time going back, it being very rushed. Well, as I'm working with Norm, uh, Ron Hoppy, who was up in the stands, and I'll never forget it, he looked down and he was just kind of watching. And I learned a lot from him too. Again, 
I'm not, uh, as you just explained, I'm not a one-man island. I've learned a lot and modified it to what my beliefs are. But as I was working with Norm, or with uh, Chris Warren, Norm walked over, and we started chatting, and he said, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm gonna, you know, I, I need to do this, and I need to do this. And he goes, so what do you think? And I said, well, right now you suck. You know, but he was struggling, and I didn't mean it in a derogatory way, but, you know, you got to remember who I got to watch and who I got to learn from. Well, Norm kind of looked at me and then walked away. And then a few minutes later, he came over and he goes, so when can we get to work? <laughs> so, you know, when you're saying something like that, I've been known to just, you know, if you're going to ask me, I'm going to respect your opinion enough that you ask me to give you an honest opinion or response in return. That's something I learned from my mom. If someone respects you enough to ask you, be respectful enough to give them an honest answer in return. At times, it may seem a little bit rude, but at least it's honest. Yeah, you get right to the point. There's nothing wrong with that. That's really a, an asset, to be honest with you. Well, you know, I mean, some people look at it as, you know, uh, you're being offensive or whatever. I'm not easily offended in any way, shape, or form. I've been called pretty much everything under the sun. You? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're the lame man. I can only imagine there's some, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure some, there's some that I've never heard. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know? I mean, because I've heard some of the statements, you know, like I remember, and I won't say the player's name, but I remember we were in Toledo, Ohio, and it was a long week, and there was a player that was, you know, it was towards the end of his career and the abilities just weren't as sharp as they uh, were at one point. I mean, that comes with time. And I remember sitting in the bleachers with you and a player walking up and going and literally getting angry with you and going, you're taking food out of my child's mouth. And I'm like, well, he's not the one throwing it. <laughs> He's just oil in the lane. That's all he's doing. So, yeah, I can imagine the things that you got told. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting, but it all came down to it. You know, somebody needed to push the button, and it had to be somebody that cared. So that was the one thing I walked away with, peace of mind, that I know I did the right thing as far as uh, being, uh, you know, honest and all that kind of stuff. But this isn't about me, parts. Let's get back on track about Norm, because you got a lot of information to pass along, and I know we got a bunch of listeners out there with a pen and pencil wanting to write down these little tips that you're passing along. So let me give you one more good question. Um, if you could put one thing into everyone's game that Norm does, what would that one thing be? Versatility. There has never been a player that had so little fear that I've met um, of being able to adapt to the environment that's there for that day, not for a lifetime. I, I think today's players, they get into, well, I'm a straight player. Well, that's great when the lanes in, uh, will allow you to play straight, but there's times where you're going to have to be able to spin it, roll it, kill the revs, add the revs, adjust the speeds, 
And that's one thing that I see nowadays is bowlers are, well, I'll change balls. Well, that's nice, but that's not the answer. And when it comes to somebody that really wants, it's like I hear this all the time, I want to be the best. Well, you know, I know people are going to take this the wrong way. If you want to be the best, then get off a house condition. That's for entertainment. So if you want to really advance your game, advance your knowledge, it isn't about switching balls, ball layouts and stuff. Are they an attribute? Absolutely. Are they the answer? Absolutely Absolutely not. not. It depends depends on on what what level level you want to go to. to. And Norm really wanted to take it to a level of an Earl Anthony, a Mark Roth, a Marshall Holman, a George Pappas, which people don't even realize how versatile he really was. Um, it, I mean, you can the list is forever. But these are players that were able to do multiple things with a bowling ball. They didn't rely strictly on the environment of what's in their bag. They relied on them. And, you know, between Norm Duke and Danny Wiseman, I'm not sure which one pushed themselves to the to the other level. I really don't know which one pushed more because they both really reached a level that was unbelievable. And to just be a small, a very small part, again, I'll go back to the same statement. I don't want to be blamed when they bowl bad. I don't want the credit when they bowl good. It's a working relationship, and I'm not the one throwing the ball for them. But if there's one particular thing that I would like to put in everybody's game is to not be fearful of versatility. I hear this all the time. Well, it doesn't feel right. Well, it's different. Of course it's not going to feel right. You don't know what that feel is yet. Well said, man. You know, um, we've been through this many times. Uh, You've been on our show passing along knowledge, information, and not only do I appreciate it, my friend, but so do all our listeners. Um, I think I've told you this many times before that the listeners, they they send me emails and they want to know, you know, different tips. What's your favorite tip about this and that? And then the second most popular question they, they give me is, I want to hear stories, you know. I want to hear stories about the pros. You know, they, I know they look like robots on TV, but there's a lot of funny things that go on behind the scenes. As for sure, there's a million stories. And, and I got one about Norm. Well, you're thinking of one because I'm going to ask you to tell us one. But yeah, the first time I ever saw Norm in person, uh, I had worked on the tour for years. Then I came back in the early 80s uh, for six months, and then I came back again. And Norm came over to me, and he says, I'm Norm Duke. I says, yeah, I know. He says, and I know you like rum and Coke. I said, Bacardi. He goes, yeah, I know. I said, how do you know? He says, I've done a little research on you. He says, so let's go in the bar and have a drink. And I'm thinking, oh, God, yeah, here's a guy, young guy. He's going to chew me out for something, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we sat down. He says, tell me one thing. I said, what's that? He says, what's your philosophy on doing lanes. I said, well, I got one basic priority. I said, we well, got several priorities, but the number one is to try to make them fair left to right. He says, that's your priority? And I says, yeah. He says, that's all I need to know. And he never asked me another question. He never gave me a dirty look. He just went out and bowled because he knew 
that if he bowled well, he'd have a shot. And he knew that somebody in the back wasn't trying to take away his shot or whatever you want to say. But he was a real man about everything. And, and he looked you right in the eye and said it. And I've, I've seen that look on his face before in the 10th frame where he had that single purpose. And if he lost, he was the first guy over there to shake your hand. But he won more than he lost. So he is a hell of a man in my book. But that's my one little story. I got a bunch of them about him. But I'll give you a little couple of minutes. Uh, you got a story about Norm you want to tell? Yeah. So the first time I met Norm Duke, we were, it was in the truck. And it was 1984. And I'm drilling bowling balls. And, and we're just starting off. And it was in California, Anaheim, California. And the tour was just kicking off and we're, everybody's just kind of prepping. Actually, I just watched, uh, John Forrest that morning practice rest, God rest, rest in peace, my friend. Um, he was practicing that morning and, you know, he was bowling really, really good. And so I th I just sat and watched for a while. It was kind of one of those lazy days, you know, you could be in the truck and drill some stuff. It was, wasn't really a set day. So I finally and I end up watching for a little while, watched a couple other players. And then I got, I said, you know what, I'm going to go drill a couple balls and stuff like that. Um, so I open up the door and I'm drilling some stuff and Norm walks in and he was actually with Toby Contreras. And he walked in and he goes, so who are you? And I gave him, I told him my name. We introduced each other. And then he looked me square in the eye. He goes, are you any good? I said, I don't know, but you're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that was our first official meeting. And, you know, his drill pattern was, um, he was meticulous. I mean, you can't be that good and not be meticulous. And so he, after a while, he said, you know, you're pretty good. And then I said, pretty good. And he goes, all right, you're good. So, you know, there's these things that you don't forget. And my meeting with him for the first time, and one thing at that time, he drilled every single ball. People might want to know this, I don't know. It had an eight finger weight, an ounce and three a side weight. We used a 13 16 built drill bit on his axis point, which was at that time five and three quarters over. He, we would drill it back down to three eighths of an ounce. And he would actually tell you by swinging it back and forth whether you hit the numbers he was at. And I'm talking about the balance of the ball, I'm not talking about the grip. Oh, wow. So, you know, there's a guy that, you know, when you talk about feel, and we mentioned that before, there's some players that discipline him, themselves enough to where they actually can feel everything around them as far as their physical game, and that includes equipment, the feel of the grip, everything like that. And you don't run into many of those, but Norm is definitely one of those that felt everything about his physical game, his equipment. And that's why, you know, you see this all the time. You see people run back and grab a ball and most of them are, are guessing. Norm didn't guess. 
he would say, okay, that's what I want to do. Here's the ball I want to go to. And that's a rare combination because there wasn't the, I think there was, I know. And that's an attribute that I don't know if people, how many people have that actually. You know, I got to tell you this. I've never told you this story before, but Norm used to come down to Kegel every once in a while to work out. And he'd have some bowling balls sent down there. And so at 9 o'clock in the morning, he'd be on the lanes waiting to go. And he'd take the first ball. He'd throw two shots and throw it right in the garbage can. And he'd take the second ball, throw one or two shots, and throw it right in the garbage can. And Del Warren and Randy Stoughton would be there watching they were the two top instructors down at Kegel, and they're kind of looking at each other like, what the hell is this? And he took the third ball, threw one shot with it, threw it in the garbage can, and threw the fourth ball in the garbage can. And they said, what are you doing? He goes, they'll never get it right. Let's go play golf. <laughs> and they say, <laughs> it just didn't feel right to him. Not the grip, like you said, but just the weight of the ball and the roll of the ball. He'd, he'd ask them for a certain thing, whoever it was that sent them the balls, and uh, off to the golf course, we didn't see him again for a few weeks. <laughs> That's, you know who else drilled a lot of bowling balls and would do the exact, I mean, literally, the exact same thing was Mr. Earl Anthony. He would drill one up and throw it, and next thing you know, we at, at that time, we had the, the what we called the pro-fit uh, category where the player threw it, they didn't like it, and that's something that we would hand out when people would help us load and unload the truck. So we, got it called, we called it the ProFit uh, pile. And Mr. Earl Anthony would throw one or two shots, and next thing you know, he'd, he'd hand it, put it in his bag, or he'd be near the locker room, and he'd throw it into the pile. And I'm like, how <laughs> in the world does he know? And... You know, again, it comes back to both those players had no fear of being versatile, no fear of learning different feels. Whether they like the feel or not, that's a different story. But they had no fear in learning it and developing it. And I think that's something that's really missing in today's game. Yeah, well, you know, like you said earlier, equipment's taken over a big part of the game and rather than take the time to learn something they'll go to another ball because they're looking for a certain reaction uh guys like earl and norm and and boss and danny and there's a whole handful of guys that you know can just throw the ball and know what needs to be done their first move would be a hand adjustment or something like that as opposed to running back and getting another ball but parts i gotta make an announcement here because I've got one more question to ask you before we run out of time, and that's a biggie. It's a $64,000 question, but i got to get this ad in. So speaking of great bowlers like Norm, uh, our good friend Glenn Allison has come out with a new shirt, and I want to make a special announcement to help him sell some of these. So get your pencils and paper ready. Here's your chance to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt. And you can enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. And this 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it saying, 900, I did it. So call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, to order it at 
309-7587. And be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt. So remember, call Jerry at 714-309-7587. And be sure to mention Phantom Radio for your discount. All right, Bards, here's the $64,000 question that people are, must want to know about this. I sure do. So do you have a final thought or two on this show that would be a real tribute to Norm? Well, you know, uh, we became brothers, and uh, I'll always love him. He's, I'll love him like a brother. There's no better friend. I mean, even though we don't keep in touch that much anymore, I know that if I need something or if I need a favor of him doing something to help me with, um, you know, like maybe a clinic or something like that, I can always count on Norm. Uh, just like I can count on a few other players. I know that they would show up. But the one thing that I think people might want to know is as close as we were friends is as close as we were coach and player, which was a tough balance at times. Sometimes one emotion would run into another and then, you know, he'd walk off the lane and he'd be pissed off at me for a little while or, I'd walk away and be pissed off at him for a little while. But once the block was over, that was always set aside. And that's a tribute to somebody that is able to categorize what is what. And I think more bowlers need to do that. If I had one very simple regret, and but I've never asked any player I've never asked Norm Duke for a signature, Danny Wiseman, Brian Voss, Mark Roth, Marshall Holmut, and none of them, because I always wanted everything to be fair, uh, especially whether it was drilling balls on the, t on the track, representing uh, a ball company at the time, or coaching after the, the finals were over and on a Friday night at that time, you know, everybody would go out and work on their games that didn't have a good week. So... My final tribute to him is, you know, I wish I would have taken more time to take some photos together because we spent many years together. And, you know, I don't, I wasn't one that did that to where we take pictures. I mean, you have a bet, much op, better opportunity now with all these, you know, uh, cellular phones and stuff. You know, we never took the opportunity to take a lot of pictures together. The only pictures I have in my mind are in my mind. And, you know, they're not physical pictures, but they are pictures that will never, ever go away. And I could never thank Norm Duke enough for those memories. Well said, Pards. Well said. Well, I'm looking at the old clock on the wall, my friend. Tells me that we're out of time, and we look forward to talking to all of you again next week when Bill will be back. And he's going to be talking about Danny Wiseman for a couple of shows. So all those fans out there, listeners that remember Danny, he was one hell of a bowler, too, one of the best of all time. We're going to tell uh, some stories about Danny 
and we're going to dig in and find out what some of the things that made him great parts. So I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling, and Brad Edelman from the High Roller, and Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan. So, Billy, thanks again. I'll be calling you during the week. Are you going to be available for me? Anytime, my friend, anytime. All right. Well, from Phantom Radio, this is a Phantom. When you're down and troubled And you need some loving care And nothing, well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I'll